you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman hello everybody one of the perks of being a premium member of this podcast is that if you write in with a lot of questions you can have an entire episode devoted to you and your space. And that is exactly what we're going to tackle today. Christy, our premium member, has written in with all sorts of questions regarding her space, and we are going to take a deep dive. If you want a ton of free design advice, if you want to be at the top of the mailbag having me answer all sorts of questions about your space, well, head over to affordableinteriordesign.com backslash podcast. There you will see at the top a button that says become a premium member. And for as little as $29.99 a year or $5.99 a month, you can get access to my archive of bonus episodes. I release a new one every month and we have over 50 sitting there waiting for you right now. And you get assorted other perks. So Christy, I'm so glad you are taking advantage of your membership. And without further ado, I'm going to dig right in. You write, hi Betsy, I wrote to you this summer and you suggested I send in quite a few questions and quite a few pictures. You said you might do an episode all about my design issues. Well, since you asked for it, here it is. Please let me know if you need the information organized in a different way or if you need more information. Whatever helps you to answer my questions, I'm happy to provide. I'm going to send the questions and pictures in a separate email. I hope that's okay. First, let me explain my situation. My husband and I bought our house six years ago. We plan to stay here for a long time. We have no plans to move in the foreseeable future. It is a 1972 traditional colonial in a gorgeous neighborhood, just steps from a lake where we walk our dog every day. And it's half a mile from my work. These are all the reasons we love this house. However, there are a number of maintenance issues. And at a minimum, we need a new deck and a new roof, which means we really need to prioritize our spending. I've attached floor plans to show you how it was laid out and how we would like it to be. We are planning on moving the dining room so that it is continuous with the kitchen, and we want to turn the previous dining room into a mudroom and pantry. I think this will make a lot more sense for the flow of the house. It'll make more sense for organization, socializing, and I think we'll use the spaces more often. 
For instance, we never use the dining room where it is currently because it's cut off from the kitchen and it really doesn't make sense. I would love information or any input you have on this updated floor plan. In particular, I'm not sure which way the door from the new dining area to the mudroom pantry should swing. Right now, the door opens into the garage, which would be moved. Should the door open into the mudroom the way I've drawn it, or should it open towards the kitchen? Also, we plan on putting French doors from the foyer into the mudroom pantry. I don't know if they should be closer to the front door and in line with the hallway, or if they should be where I've drawn them to square off the mudroom. That's my first instinct, but I could be wrong. All right, Christy. So these questions are renovation questions. These questions are things that your architect should be giving you feedback about, but also you may want to preliminarily lay out the furniture to see if there's any obstructions, if there's any very intuitive things that you'll want to do. For instance, my daughter's bedroom has a door that swings inside and eats up a partial wall, like a wall that could really hold a lot of function. But because the door swings open that way, it's highly problematic and we can't do anything with that wall. Whereas if her door swung the other way, well, we would have this beautiful long wall that would be totally unobstructed that we could put a lot of good furniture on and it would do some heavy lifting for us. It makes a world of difference. But I am loath to answer these very important renovation questions on a podcast because I'm giving this five to 15 minutes of my time. And this is something you're never going to want to change, right? You're going to want to keep this, once you do the renovation, the exact way that you've done it because it's a big outlay of time, energy, and money. So while I love giving advice on throw pillows, rugs, light fixtures, simple tips for simple problems, when there's more complex problems, you know, it starts to merit a deeper thought process than I can give it on the podcast, if that makes sense. Also, there are fire codes and permitting issues that an architect uh, or a certified contractor would want to advise you, right? And say, you know what? You can't actually have the door swing this way because it's a door that goes to the outside and per codes and whatever in this state, we have to do it this way. So unfortunately, these questions cannot be easily answered. But I do love the idea that you're thinking more intuitively about the space. I do think that since this dining room is currently right off the garage, it makes so much sense to make that into a mud room because who doesn't need the storage and then have the kitchen more open to the dining area. However, I do see you have a sofa on the other side of the dining area, so you want to be careful because you don't want it to start feeling cluttery, and you also don't want it to start doing too many functions that aren't really cohesive because you do have another sofa in the subsequent room. So... You know, again, let's be thinking about the functions for each room. Let's prioritize those functions and start systematically deciding where things go. And let's also run these ideas by an architect or contractor or, you know, set aside time with the designer where you can really brainstorm in at least an hour session. 
Christy, I'm sorry I couldn't help more with that question, but you have some other questions here that I think I can help with. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Uh, you write, moving into the living room and down the hall around the corner, this room is really not continuous with the rest of the beige. So even if I can't change the paint in the kitchen dining room, I'm hoping I can paint this in a different color or tone and not have it look weird. We want to continue the color again, something non-beige, in the foyer and hallway, since eventually we want to replace the carpet in our stairs that is also currently beige. This room is sunken. It's one step down and it does have a vaulted ceiling. We have a number of elements in the room that we love and we would like to keep, but we really don't need, know how to design around them efficiently. When you're in the doorway, looking into the room, you can see that there is a coffee table. It was made by my father-in-law and we shipped it here from England. We absolutely love it and it has to stay. The sofa and the love seat need to go. They're worn out, dated, and they were hand-me-downs to begin with. We plan on replacing the rug with a floor rug because we have dogs and cats, and we love the idea of either being able to wash or replace the tiles. The console sideboard underneath the TV is a genuine mid-century modern stereo cabinet that I got for a steal from my neighbor when she moved. We love it. It has to stay. I'm happy with this wall decor the way it is, although I feel like a very pale gray wall color would help to better set off my husband's guitars. He's a professional musician, by the way. From the other corner, I don't know what to do with the large wall above the sofa. The table and the shelving unit on either side of the sofa both need to go. Finally, the side of the room where the entrance is with our girl Jolene photobombing in the foreground. That's a dog, by the way. Uh, the chairs are old and we don't love the upholstery, but they are so comfortable. They're in really great shape. We hesitate to replace them. The wooden chest in the middle is a family heirloom that my grandfather got when he was in the Merchant Marines and I love it. It has to stay somewhere. I would really love to overhaul this room completely and just get it finished since right now it is huge hodgepodge of stuff but my stumbling blocks are twofold. Number one, I do not have an inspiration piece to start from. Number two, the pieces that we wanna keep are all wood. This room has inadvertently turned into a world of wood. 
In addition, we will be moving our piano into this room, which is more wood. We plan to paint the piano so it will at least not be a wood tone. I don't really have anywhere in the house where all these wood pieces can go, and we really love them. Almost everything else in the room needs to be replaced, or it can go. My thoughts, building from the TV wall, are to paint a very pale gray and to get a light gray area rug from floor. I was thinking of a green sofa to replace our blue sofa. We are also looking at some sofas from Room and Board, and I particularly like the Hutton in Vance Olive. I'm wary of ordering a sofa online without being able to sit on it first. I think that the walls and the rug need to be light overall to keep this room from being too dark. The pictures were taken on a sunny day, but I worry that all this wood really sucks the light out of the room. I know you hate love seats, but I do not know what else to put in the room for seating in the place of our love seat, which does get used when we have friends over. Well, Betsy, you asked for lots of pictures and lots of questions, and you got them. I am so stuck with where to go because I feel constrained by the kitchen and how it flows into everywhere else. I know you can help me, Betsy, and I am looking forward to your answers and to changing our space. All the best, Christy. All right, Christy, we have a number of things going on, some which are very egregious, some which are less egregious, but we definitely need to have a chat, and I'm glad that you wrote in. So you did a wonderful job of describing the room. You also did a great job of describing these individual pieces. I want to start first by tackling these wood pieces because they are not cohesive in any way. We've got this mid-century modern TV console. You've got this big, chunky, almost craftsman-like coffee table. It essentially looks like a dining table of a mid-tone kind of warm honey wood that has had its legs chopped off. And so it's kind of giving that perception of including its size, which may be kind of signaling dining table to me in this way, but it just looks like a dining table that got shortened, right? And then we move over to this trunk, and it looks very antique, bulky. Again, it's a totally different tone of wood from what I can see in these pictures, and that it's darker than the honey wood of the coffee table and darker than the walnut mid-tone wood of the TV console. None of these things go together stylistically. None of them are even in the same wood family. I hate hand-me-downs. I hate hand-me-downs. I know they can be so practical for people who are on a budget. A lot of times they do have sentimental value, but I really hate it when my clients use the word love. Isn't that bad? I should love when they use love, right? No. When you use the word love, it means that you are going to use this piece come hell or high water. Whether it works in the space, whether it's cohesive with everything else, you are so in love with this piece that you're willing to compromise the overall look of the room to make this piece work. And we not only have one of those pieces, we have three of those pieces. And not only are these pieces um, mismatched, they're huge. Each piece is very bulky and dominating. I mean, that coffee table must be at least 36 inches by 54 inches. I mean, it really looks like a dining table. Now, 
I love sentimentality as much as the next gal, but not at the cost of functionality. And I think that's what we're facing here. These big, bulky pieces are bringing you down. And so that's kind of my two cents there. I worry about colorful sofas. Sofas are meant to last you a good long time, especially if you're investing in a sofa at room and board. Those are very pricey. And you want to make sure that it's something that you're going to love to live with for a very long time. You'd mentioned that this space feels heavy and dark because of the navy sofas, the heavy wood furniture. You even have a dark rug. I feel like the room does not feel dark necessarily because it has this huge vaulted ceiling and so many beautiful windows, but it's like the room is cut in half. From three feet and below, your room is totally dark and dungeony. And from three feet and above, it's like ethereal and airy. So there is a total juxtaposition and we need to find a way to bring dark elements up and to bring some light elements down so that we have balance, right? A great way to show off high ceilings is with higher furniture. Right now, all your furniture is at that low two to three inch height level. So I would love to see some bookcases maybe flanking the sofa. I would love to see some window treatments that are hung a little bit higher than the windows so they really draw your eye up and really accentuate this beautiful height. I would love to see overscale artwork. Like above a sofa, I'd love to see four foot by four foot square. That would be so impactful and really, again, bring attention to this room's attributes. I love floor tiles. I think that is a great idea for a pet-friendly space. Do I want this to be the gray room? That is the question. You know, I love that you are thinking about cohesion between all the rooms since this is open to the other spaces. But, you know, if the room adjoining this room that has a nice large opening is cream and then this room is gray, Well, I don't think those two neutral foundations play too well together. I'm not totally opposed to mixing gray and cream elements in one room, but I don't want one room to be the gray room and one room to be the cream room. So if you are going to make that choice to bring in gray, you need to make sure that the rooms adjacent to this room that are open to it also have some elements of gray so that it doesn't feel like it's coming out of nowhere, right? I would be more inclined to bring in color with the artwork, color with the rugs. You know, if you've got so much gray wall because of this vaulted ceiling and then you bring in a gray carpet and I squint, it's just the gray room. I'm really glad that you love these chairs and that you find them to be comfortable. Uh, They look like they're a yellow. Yellow plays very nicely with gray and with a variety of other colors. But you do want to find that inspiration piece. That's where you want to start. And I think the perfect inspiration piece would either be that massive piece of art above the sofa or it could be the floor tiles. Those come in a variety of different colors, patterns. You can even make your own patterned rug by using several different types of floor tiles. They have a lot of beautiful examples on their website. Um, so yes, backtrack a little bit. Start with the inspiration piece. 
make sure your sofa is neutral. If you can do a sofa and a love seat in an L-shaped configuration, you can do a sectional. So I don't understand why you wouldn't do a sectional in this big room. Big rooms call for big furniture. You've got to step up, right? And you can't be dealing with normal or even apartment scale furniture and a ginormous living room. It's time to, you know, step up to the challenge and add in some tall bookcases. Really, you know, show up for this big room. What else can I say? Hmm. Again, I think lighting is going to be key in here. I cannot see from these pictures if you have overhead lighting, but I can tell that there's not sufficient lighting in this room. It's a really big room and I only see three lamps. They're both all, excuse me, they're all three very incongruous in terms of their look. One is a super traditional candlestick base in bronze. One is a very contemporary silver-based lamp, quite simplistic. And then the other is kind of this eclectic exposed bulb with a colorful wire base, it seems. And you've also got the guitars. This room has an identity crisis. So not only do we want to be finding that inspiration piece, but we want to be locking in our two-word phrase. Because right now, I couldn't begin to sum up this room in two words. And I don't think those hand-me-downs are doing you any favors. So maybe the merchant marine's trunk goes at the foot of the bed in a guest room. Maybe the coffee table. Ugh. It can stay. Fine, it can stay, but I mean. <sighs> and then the mid-century modern console I really love. But again, having that so close to this very chunky, ginormous coffee table is a huge part of this room's problems. So you need to crack open my book, go back to past episodes, and listen for that two-word phrase. And once you find the two-word phrase, once you find the inspiration piece, you will have no problem designing this room. You will have your boundaries set and there is freedom within boundaries. I love boundaries. I love it when my clients give me a tight budget. I love it when they hand me a non-negotiable inspiration piece. I love it when the room is tight and we have to think systematically about what can fit where and the math is dictating my design choices. I love boundaries because there is so much freedom when you have a framework. All right, Christy, let's see. Did you have another email with questions? Oh, yes. One more email. Whoa. Well, Christy, I'm going to give you a cliffhanger. Christy's going to get an episode and a half because I know I've stammered on and on and on and on and on. So I'm going to answer your third email in my next episode. So stay tuned, everyone, and have a wonderful week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. 
Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.